Welcome back to High Motor by BetMGM after the 4th of July holiday break. Andrew Dowdy and Chase Kitty here back for this Thursday, July 8th episode. We're going to wrap up our AFC Divisional Betting Previews today. That will also wrap up our NFL Divisional Previews on your podcast app. Each NFC Division is on there if you didn't catch those. Very evergreen content. Won't go bad here for quite a while. And then three AFC Previews, South, North, and East. And today is the AFC AFC West, which you wanted to save for last. Why was that? You know, we'll bookend it with the teams that played in the Super Bowls divisions. So we started with the NFC South, the Tampa. We end with the the Chiefs. I mean, it wasn't like some master brilliant plan or anything. It was just uh, I think there's a lot of interest and a lot of buzz around those two teams from the average man. So, uh, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought there was a better reason, honestly. There's really not. It was not a great reason. Anywho, can I throw a dart here in AFC West before we jump in? Right out of the gate. Go ahead. Chargers plus 3,000 to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just get right into it with the Chargers then, right? Because the hype, I, I like the Chargers. It feels like the hype around some of these numbers and the energy around some of the tickets is heavy. But not this one. That's why, and we'll get more into Chargers here, but it feels like this hype is is very lukewarm for this Super Bowl number. Is it just because people don't think it's going to happen and the hype for the Chargers is, hey, maybe 11-6, and 12-5, but nobody really is paying attention to the Super Bowl? At plus 3,000 with your QB formula that you always talk about? Yeah, I still think they're missing some some pretty key elements, though. Like, I, I would, I think Herbert in year two, I mean, I feel good about Herbert. I feel like if you're the Chargers, you have your next franchise quarterback. But in year two, I mean, they, they were seven and nine last year. I think it would be pretty weird if they went from seven and nine to winning the Super Bowl. You know, that that's... I think they need more pieces on defense. I think they need a better offensive line. I think they need a more stable kicking game and just probably special teams in general. Uh, I like Staley. Uh, coached at JMU a few years ago. Shout out to your boy. But <laughs> I just did that to bother you. No, but it's really actually incredible. This guy was like a Division two head or Division two coach like six years ago. Yeah. He was the defensive coordinator at an FCS team. It's like seven years ago unreal so i i like them i just feel like winning the super bowl this year like they're probably not the best team in their division i don't know i don't know about that i don't even disagree with anything you said like i have concerns with them i mean outside of bosa they they just don't have a great defensive line across i mean linebacker concerns the corners are fine offensive line is fine like there are holes there, but that's why I feel like it's at three thousand because of all that stuff. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Would I throw five dollars on it? Sure. I, I feel like that's kind of exactly what a dart throw is here, where it's not completely out of the question. But yeah, a lot of things need to go right. I mean, starting within their division, which we'll talk about. But I like it as a dart throw. Where do you want to go? That wasn't really even first. Where do you want to go first with this division? Any spot particularly interest you let's keep it with the chargers because you you referenced their their record like how do you feel about the 10 and a half number because again for me this is a case of seeming boy i like this team 
That seems like a pretty high number. So I'm curious where you're at with that. Where are you seeing 10 and a half? I'm seeing nine and a half. I pulled up MGM today and I thought I saw 10 and a half. Nine and a half over nine and a half plus 110. If we, yes, if that number was 10 and a half, we would have a, a pretty big discussion. Uh, oh. I'm, I'm wondering, do we have different numbers in different states? Because, I mean, no. unless I had an aneurysm when I was writing these numbers down, I got ten and a half. I'd be shocked. I mean, n- neither odds, it, over nine and a half is plus 110, under nine and a half is minus 130. If those numbers dropped that dramatically, A, I would have heard about it through somebody, and B, those numbers would be pretty even. We'd be seeing something, that's what I'll get to here in a little bit, like if this number were to drop mm. because the under 9.5 is minus 130, I think we would have seen a, a pretty even split there, like 105-105. I wrote down the wrong Los Angeles team. There you go. So there I wrote two down teams the, there, by the way. I, I wrote down the Rams numbers. We're looking at the Chargers numbers. So 9.5. Now we're talking about a whole different ballgame here because you now you're still talking about picking up three wins. So Chase, how was your 4th of July? I'm still drunk. Holy shit. Uh, we're still talking about going from 7 and 9 to 10 and 7. So that is still a jump. Uh, I I think that's a pass for me. I mean, I, I could dig into some numbers and maybe, and maybe change my mind later in the summer. But I feel like where I'm at right now with this, that seems like a really big jump. And I'm not comfortable forecasting 10 wins in a division that could have a team go back to its third straight Super Bowl, potentially have Aaron Rodgers parachute in to Denver, and now you're talking about this team winning 10 games. Herbert's got to stay healthy. It's just too many things that I need to line up. So even at 9.5, I still think... I'm not saying I want the under. I'm saying this is a pass for me. Yeah, that's 100% a a pass for me. And even though it seems like I'm a little bit higher in the Chargers than you are, I just don't see the value with that. There is one number I really like from the Chargers, aside from my dart throw, is if you look at AFC West odds, the Chargers are plus 200 to finish second. And I get what their record said last year, and I get that that New England loss was unbelievable. It was almost so bizarre that I don't even care about 45 nil against New England, but that just didn't look like a 7-9 team this year. And we talked about this a few episodes ago of what Justin Herbert was able to do. I think it was in our QB Tears episode. What Justin Herbert was able to do in a supposedly fairly like dysfunctional system with the coaching staff coaching staff and Lynn's on-field decisions and all that, like no one game was that concerning to me last year where this didn't feel like a 7-9 and nine team. This felt like a 9-7, and 10-6-ish team. And yes, that New England loss. Like I find it weird here that this is where like I, I want to get your take on this too. I find it weird that the Chargers are one full win above the Broncos, and that could change if the Broncos go to nine, and we'll probably get to their odds here in a little bit. But right now, one full win, but the Broncos are ahead in division odds, division winner odds. They're ahead in second place odds, and I don't know why the book is positioning themselves there. Remember Jason Scott? We had him on talk about Aaron Rodgers and whatnot about a month ago. He said the traders will listen to the market. They listen to their customers. And, I mean, you always use the word fishy. That's fishy to me when there are numbers like this. We talked about this a little bit in our NFC East episode. Like, I'm for sure on the Chargers here at plus 200. But I want to sit on this and really watch, like, all of the numbers for these two teams. Even if there's a slight move from plus 160 to 170 for the Broncos for second place. I want to watch all these numbers for the Chargers and Broncos. 
and see if we can learn anything before week one. This is the only Chargers bet I like. I just don't see the point of taking any other bet. Like, if you're high on the Chargers, that probably means you think they're going to finish in second place. And if you think they're going to finish in first place, I just want to hear that argument, not from you specifically. I just don't see any other value besides this bet if their win total somehow drops to nine, which will require some very heavy action. Like I mentioned, only 130 right now for the under, minus 130. I just don't see why you would take another bet unless you're just super high on the Broncos and or the Raiders. But then at that point, you're asking yourself, where are the wins in this division? I mentioned a lot of things I want your take on. What part of any of that do you want to grab right here? I think I agree with your plus 200 pull. Uh, I'm not sure why they would have that handicap like that either, other than having basically Broncos insurance in case Rogers does end up there. Now, now you're not totally screwed on the tickets that you'd already sold. Uh, But I I think chargers plus 200 to finish second is a great ticket to have. It's the one thing that I would want to hold more than anything else. And then maybe you want to look at the exact outcomes for the division downstream from that, because now that you're pinpointing uh, chiefs chargers at the one and the two spot, you can look at Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders in that order for plus 280, right. which I don't think is great value. But if you if you want to believe in the Raiders just a little bit, you could get Chiefs, Charger, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos plus 1100, and maybe that's a good flyer to hold as well. Uh, because I, I, you know, I my understanding from the Broncos' new front office situation is that. They are not trying to just band-aid this out and do a quick fix. They are very comfortable this year not having a good record, evaluating the people on the team, and trying to figure out a long-term solution at quarterback. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos finish 6-11 and and finish 4th in a division that has a high floor. If the Raiders could sneak up there and maybe beat the Broncos by a game in the ultimate uh, end-of-the-year standings, Plus 1,100 for Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos might be a nice ticket to have as well. Do you have that pulled up? I don't have it right in I front do. of me because I think if you if it was Chiefs and Chargers, either dual forecast or straight forecast, you're not getting that much value by taking that over Chargers at 200, are no, you? No, it's, it's basically the same number. So right. the Chargers to finish second is plus 200. Chiefs, Chargers is plus 210. Broncos are at eight and a half. So Chiefs are at 12 and a half. Uh, Chargers, nine and a half. Broncos, eight and a half. Raiders, seven for the win total. I, I don't know where I'm at with the Broncos, but I, I want to play a wait and see to see if this number goes to nine. It's it's kind of trending in that way. And I guess and or wait until they're, I think they're probably going to be two and one or three and oh after these first three weeks. Because then at that point, and I'm not playing to push, but at that point, Seeing 10 wins on this schedule is extremely hard for me. So first of all, if this number stays at 8.5, full pass for me. I agree with you, and, and you've talked about the Broncos front office before. We're not going to get more into that. I agree with you that I think it's very easy to see this Broncos team going 6-11 and 11 and the franchise not necessarily caring about it. Maybe they move on from Vic Fangio, and this is just a year to kind of see what they got, see if Judy takes another step forward, and etc., maybe figure out their quarterback situation moving forward. So I can really see them going 6-11, and 11, but right now it's still a pass for me. I just want to see if this number goes to 9. Your comments before, are you hinting that you're taking the under on this 8.5? 
Yeah, I kind of like the under here. It's not, you know, some blowout sale for me where I'm going to load up on this. But looking at the number, eight and a half, first of all, I get plus odds on the under. I get to go against the trendy public opinion that, you know, there's going to be just an Amazon package delivered to Denver that fixes the team. Uh, we're talking about a team that hasn't gone nine and seven since 2016. And that's all I need them to do is not go nine and seven or nine and eight really this year. But they haven't won nine games since 2016. So I don't know. Like that seems like a pretty good uh, pick for me, especially given the, the plus odds. I'm not really sure why they would be favored to go nine and eight, um, especially given what I just said about how, you know, they're not trying to win right away. That doesn't seem to be uh, it's something that's, you know, high on the initiative order for the new regime. So, yeah, I mean, give me give me the under here if I'm going to play it. There's just too much uncertainty at quarterback. Like, I don't I'm not convinced that, like, Drew Locke is totally hopeless or that Bridgewater can't come in. But that's why I'm really interested in the first three games because so they open with at the Giants, at Jacksonville, the Jets at home before getting Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Vegas, Cleveland, etc. I can see them going two and one or three and oh in those first few games, and those numbers will be up. So the traders will have the, the NFL win totals up, barring some significant injury or another occurrence throughout most of the season. And I think they could be a two and one or a three and oh, and this number is probably going to move. And then I would take the under after that. I don't even, it's not even a matter of disliking the Broncos. I mean, there's a lot to like on defense. They're loaded at key positions in the secondary. They're loaded at edge linebacker, maybe like the one hole that that defense has, but I don't see how you can bet on drew lock or bet on Teddy Bridgewater at this point. So I think it's a pass for me. And then probably just kind of wait to see where it goes. There's a, you talked about last week with the AFC West, AFC East. West? AFC West? Yeah. <laughs> Pounding those white claws. Ate a lot of watermelon. Cam Newton, we talked about that as the Patriots week one starter. There are four specials available for quarterback week one starters. For the Broncos, they have four quarterbacks listed, the top two Bridgewater and Locke at 160 apiece. I'm not taking either of those. I don't know how you could pick one or the one or the other. You can take both though, which essentially makes your odds at minus three thirty. You put, I don't know, fifty dollars on each. You're getting back one thirty if either start. I can't see a world in which like both of them go down with both of them don't go down with major injuries in training camp, where either one of these quarterbacks don't start, and I only have to pay minus three thirty on this. I know you don't talk about doubling up on bets that much, but like, what am I missing here? I would rather just have Drew Locke to start week one, I think. Uh, because the reality Why? is... Well, because I I know how that sounds, and I know that Drew Locke is not particularly well thought of right now. But the reality is, he's going to start week one. He knows the playbook. Doesn't mean he can execute it very well, but he's he's going to be the guy on week one because he's already been the guy. That's how a lot of this works most of the time. It's the same reason Cam Newton's going to be the starter week one and not Mac Jones, you know? Like, you might not not think Cam Newton's the solution going forward in New England, and I would agree with you, but he's going to start week one. Boy, I don't see that. Not the Cam Newton stuff. I just don't see how you would want to take... If they were both at 350 or Locke was at 350 or something... 
I get that, but at 160, I'm not seeing how that's better value than just laying the 330 on this, putting 50 50 each, and really walking away with what is that 30 percent return? I don't see a better 30 percent return on this AFC West board. I feel confident that it's going to be Drew Lock. We're really getting. To that part of the summer where there's not a lot of options if you want to bet. It's kind of just like baseball. We're, we're in the tail end here of the NBA season. Got there's a some futures of, available, though, I think. Couple of, you're banned from talking during this segment right now. You're, 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 you're done this week. <laughs> Your privileges have been revoked. I, I look, a quick note here on... Uh, on Angelique Kerber and Ash Barty playing in the Wimbledon semifinals on the WTA side on Thursday. I have been riding Kerber. I think she could be a nice little pick here at plus 175. You've probably made a lot of money if you've made a habit of betting against Ash Barty in big tournament spots, but she looks really good right now, and I, I, I trash Barty a lot because she just doesn't show up in big games. But she's looking really good right now, and I would not be surprised if she ends up winning Wimbledon. Uh, it has nothing to do with the seed. It's just about how she looks. So I've, I've been leaning toward Kerber in a lot of these matchups, and uh, I might have a small play on that on Thursday, but I'm probably going to stay away now just because she looks so informed. Instead, what I'm looking at going into this weekend is a series in Major League Baseball in Boston between the Red Sox and the Phillies. The Red Sox are one of the hottest teams right now in baseball. Uh, We're recording this Tuesday, and as of this recording, they've won nine of their last ten games. The Phillies, kind of like, eh, they're four and six their last ten, so they're kind of mediocre right now. Going up to Fenway on the road, I have talked before about the inherent analytical advantage that AL teams have against NL teams when they're playing at home. Because AL teams have a roster that's optimized to use that DH spot, and NL teams generally do not. So you have an inherent advantage there. Look at the Red Sox at home this weekend against the Phillies. You can find a series price. That's great. But I'm going to probably be laying some on the money line and some on the run line all three games. I believe the Red Sox dodged the ace. I mean, it's it's obviously going to depend upon how some of the pitching uh, things you know unfold between now and then, but it, it's looking like they're not even going to be playing against Philly's ace. So I like the Red Sox on the series, on the money line, on the run line. Just load up however you want. But I think there's going to be some opportunities in Boston this weekend. Are you convinced that the Raiders are going to totally suck? Uh, no, I don't. I, I don't think they're going to suck. I think Houston's going to suck. You know, like I, I think there are teams that are going to suck. I don't think Oakland's going to, or Oakland, I don't think Vegas is going to suck. I don't think they're going to be very good, but they're they're going to be one of those mediocre win two games they're not supposed to, blow a game they were up 17, you know, beat the bad teams, lose to the good teams. Like that's just kind of who they've been. And I've said before, they'll probably steal a couple games early. They've been good under Gruden in September and October. They completely shit the bed late. So I expect that's who they're going to be again. At seven, I don't see a lot of value here because that's kind of where they've lived pretty consistently uh, the last few years. So 
I don't know. This is probably a stay away from me. I think the only thing I'm looking for for the Raiders is can they finish third in that plus 1100 um, divisional, uh, basically a forced parlay that uh, that you can buy an MGM. So that's really the only thing I'm interested in in terms of the Raiders. I don't know if there's another number where it sure feels like taking the under on that is just so dramatically different. And it doesn't seem like this number is going to move. We still have two months to go, but the over seven minus 125, I don't know if that's going to get up there enough. I think we've seen minus 150, maybe minus 160 on this board for win total. So I think that number is probably going to stay. And that's why I asked you, because if you're if you're going to take the under on seven plus 105, six and 11 means you really suck. If you're taking the over on seven at minus 125, eight and nine means you don't suck that much. I'm not going to take either side here. This is a stay away from me, but that that's why I ask you, because if you're taking six and 11, that means the Raiders totally suck. And I, I don't, I could see that happening, but six and 11 is a really bad team. And I think betting on a really bad team to lose games, even though they're bad, like if you're not the Texans, I don't like playing that game because it's still the NFL. You still have some sort of competitive balance generally in most games. Like you said, maybe they'll win. Maybe they'll beat the Ravens in the opener. You talked about that a couple of weeks ago. That's why I think betting on 6-11 and 11 is, a, is an awfully big reach here for the Raiders. Should we get to the, the part that everybody's waiting for? I don't really have that much in the Chiefs. I'm going to take the over 12.5, but that's it. The troubling part is, and I, I we had a case of this a, a couple episodes ago too, where you're like, I know everybody's on the over 12 and a half. Like you just know everybody is on over 12 and a half. And you know that the book wants the under to hit. You know they're that you're probably paying a little bit of a chief's tax here if you want to take the over. And yet Still over's probably going to hit. The over <laughs> the over's probably going to hit because I mean they play a lot of good teams especially early on. They play Cleveland week 1. They got to go to Baltimore. They play the Chargers in division week 3. Uh they got to play Buffalo on October 10th. They've got sort of a sneaky I'm not saying they're going to lose but might be closer than you think game at Washington. They've got to go to Tennessee. They they've got to play Green Bay. They've got to go to the Raiders. They've got to play Dallas all before their bye which is on November 28th. So that is a not an easy schedule. They're still probably going 13-4. I mean, they're probably going to win most of those games. I think they'll probably beat Cleveland. I think they might smash Baltimore because they just beat the Ravens. That's what the Chiefs do. They beat the Ravens. And that's a shitty argument that I probably would make fun of if somebody else said it. But this is one of those cases where I kind of feel like it's true. They beat the Ravens. Uh, I mean, I just I don't see them losing five games unless there is some sort of a health issue. They have too many weapons. Mahomes is too good. Andy Reid is too good. So yeah, I would I would lean toward the over here, even though you know you're kind of making a square bet. Sometimes the square bet's cash. And this is one of those examples where I think that's probably the side you want is the over. I don't even I don't even honestly see the argument for a pass or the under here. Maybe if you want to say they can't rush the passer all that great without bringing pressure from the back end. Maybe the secondary isn't fantastic. Maybe you're concerned about those pieces on the offensive line gelling together, rebuild offensive line. But like, I just, I have a really hard time picking out like five losses 
I have a hard time picking out three losses on here. I think the right. argument for the under is there are a lot of difficult games, and if they are unlucky either with injuries or just like just unlucky, sometimes your you, luck's not on your side. Uh, then then they could go twelve and five, and a twelve and five team is a pretty good team. You're probably winning your division. You're probably you know flirting with a seed if not seeded in the playoffs, and yet. Because it's the Chiefs, and because the number's 12 and a half, you're still at an under. So, I I think that's the argument. I don't think it's crazy. I just think, do you really want to sit there all season like, boy, I hope Mahomes sucks this week. <laughs> if the thing you need to happen is Patrick Mahomes being bad at football, you're in a bad spot. And that's, that's one of those hold on to your butts for 18 weeks bets, because... I mean, you well, might think how hit miserable it, but, that man. would be. I mean, it's like being up twenty-five in in fantasy football, and he has Mahomes on Monday night. Like, why are you even watching that game? Sure, you might you might end up holding on, but I don't see like whatever you're gonna possibly win on that. I don't know if that's worth just being miserable for eighteen weeks. There is an ROI there, Chase. Roy. Mm-hmm. Is it Roy? Mm-hmm. Anything else on the AFC West? How do you feel about these these previews that we've done? Now that now that we've gotten through all eight, what do you think we gave the people? I don't care. I'm just excited for college football previews. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think longtime listeners of the podcast know, like, hey, we like the NFL. We play fantasy football. We watch NFL. We bet NFL, but we're college guys. Like we, that's where our our hearts are. And I am excited to talk college football. I'm very excited. I also, th- I'm also glad that we, I mean, these were like 95% betting previews. We talked about some stuff that wasn't necessarily like exclusively betting. You don't see that. And we try really hard to talk about things that aren't being talked about, but I feel like it's, it's easier, not necessarily easier to predict, but there's like more knowns in breaking down the numbers that we have as opposed to saying, here's how the Chiefs' new nickel defense is going to match up with the speed of whomever. Like, there aren't... You see what I'm saying here? Like, or am I just talking myself up my ass? No, I get you. Yeah, okay. I'm just excited to talk Pac-12 football. I'm excited for our FCS preview. <laughs> I'm excited for you for the FCS preview. Yeah, we're not bringing on any other guest or any other expert. Well, we might have Sam on. I'm rolling. I am wondering if if an off-the-map 10-question episode is coming before all of that college football, because it's been a while now. Well, I'm sure we're going we're gonna to sit down probably this weekend and, and hash out where we go from here, because, I mean, we've got, we've got a good seven college football previews to do. But it's uh, it's July 6th, so we've got more than seven podcast episodes to fill. So I'm sure we'll talk about uh, what we want to do from here and when we want to get into the college stuff. And I'm looking forward to it, man. I can't wait to talk more college football. We're back on Monday, though, July 12th, and we are going to get more into college football. We don't know exactly how we're going to do that, but more college football will be coming. We're not going to just totally ditch NFL. We'll still do some NFL topics. Probably get, honestly, more into some win total stuff if things do move, if Rodgers does come back to the Packers, how that's impacting all that stuff. Probably get Jason back on the show. 
uh, going into week one. We're back on Monday. Thank you for listening to High Motor by BetMG.